Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Hello, listeners. Me and Carolina coming at you with some facts and opinions and stuff we've learned and, and some Italian phrases. And, and <laughs> you never know. You, know. you never know on the show. No, you really don't. <laughs> <laughs> we should bring back the uh, card games, I think. Oh, my God. Just me and you, though. Just, yeah, I yeah. think I think we should do that or some reinvention of it. Yeah, we'll just do you have guys an episode miss it? where we just like, play. Let us know. I'm always <laughs> like, whenever I share the podcast with like a new listener, I'm like, oh, my God. They go back to season one mm-hmm. and they hear the card game. What <laughs> what what are the thoughts? <laughs> because yeah. It was a wild little ride that we were on that season one and uh we've we put that game to rest and let us know guys, do you want that game back? Like you wanna hear me and Tessa go at it with the accents? Yeah. But I mean we And just... if you have no idea what we're talking about, yeah, take a take a peek back at season yeah. one. <laughs> go listen to our first couple. But I mean, like, we just want your opinion in general. Um, We've gotten a lot of great feedback about about our show, but not a lot of like, what do you guys want to hear? What should we do differently? So like, I mean, be brutally honest. We can take it. We're actors. We're used to rejection. (laughs) Um, But seriously, we want to hear what you guys want to hear, what you want us to do differently, all that jazz. So please leave us some comments. Send us some messages. Yes. All that jazz. jazz. So... Today, um, Tessa's gonna like probe my brain mm-hmm. for um, the topic of writing. Yes, um, because we have written all of our own projects. Um, we thought for a while about looking for a script to produce. Um, read some scripts, decided none of them were really for us, and maybe we should just stick to writing our own stuff for now. Um, and we have talked a lot about our femme noir that we have been working on that Carolina has been writing. Um, and yeah, I mean, Carolina has really been heading the writing of all of our stuff, uh, for us as a duo, I kind of just come in and help her, you know, fix things here and there and change things and whatever. She's great to listen to my rambling too, like (laughs) on my backboard and telling me, (laughs) just letting me go. (laughs) That's what I do best. (laughs) But so I want to talk a little bit about the writing process and, you know, like obviously we're not professionals we've just been doing this for a little while so i want carolina to tell you guys what has worked for her what hasn't worked for her how she gets started and all that yeah absolutely i i think uh it'd be great to share kind of my journey through this Mm -hmm. um so i guess for the start of the femme noir um figuring out like what the femme noir world was Mm -hmm. and Honestly, for me, it wasn't finding any structure. It was or anything. It was just um, kind of 
my process is just seeing like kind of some characters in my head or scene and like I get inspired by film and and music that's kind of a lot how I my brain kind of works I'm very visual so I'll see something and then I will just start to write and I pretty much like do a throw up on a page (laughs) and we call it stream of consciousness (laughs) (laughs) I love that my stream of consciousness or my word vomit either way yeah yeah, for word vomit (laughs) and so I'll I'll start from like that kind of messy place um and then you know given everything that inspires me um I'll just start I'll just keep writing uh, for for a bit and then um with this you know I realized that you can only do that to a certain point. Some people, again, this is everyone has their own process. Some mm-hmm. people can just like, you know, continue to write and and not have figured out the arcs and like all the different little uh, moments and and plot points. Like if anyone reads Charles Bukowski, that is exactly how he writes. Granted, that's a novel as opposed <laughs> to a screenplay, but like, yeah. <laughs> and. And one will say that it takes just as long and more time to do a screenplay than a novel because there's less words. Mm-hmm. So you have to really like build all of that mm-hmm. in, in your, you know, your screenwriting. And um, they so it's it's good to know both because you're kind of writing in a sense of place of both. Um, and I just... Yeah, I, I was like, okay, now I don't know where I'm going with this. So yeah, it 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 did me good to kind of just word vomit and start because I started to get an idea for the world and the characters, and that was my one note with my first draft. Like, I mm-hmm. think the my positive note was from everyone who read it. Thank you. Um, was you know I I really get an, an idea of the world like you're yeah. going for like it's very clear and so that was awesome because you want to know your genre yeah you want to know like kind of the like where it's set because that's that affects your protagonist mm-hmm. and um I real quick I want to share like you know a successful story should have the following three authentic characters a complex story arc and believable dialogue so that's um something you know to keep in the forefront as you go on the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the one nice thing about screenplay versus, you know, like a novel, for instance, is the believable dialogue thing. Like if you're granting your actors a little bit of freedom too, they can always fuck with that and make it better. Like uh-huh. I know as an actor, I'll get side sometimes that I'm like, why did they write it like that? Nobody <laughs> talks like that. You All know what the I time. mean? <laughs> and it's like the content is there. It's great. So I'll just improvise and I'm like, I hope they're okay with that. But I know that sounds way more human. So, <laughs> you know, that's one kind of like benefit of a screenplay is, you know, you still have to be writing believable dialogue. Yes. But you kind of, just have that freedom with your actors to make it their absolutely own. and give them that guideline because with my noir i that was like the biggest challenge was i started from a really film noir classic like very wordy mm-hmm. like ranting almost she um, came into my office that morning <laughs> <laughs> like the woman in the, black the woman in black and at the staircase i saw her <laughs> that dame okay um so like yeah there was there was a lot of words mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to like cut out like 90% of them. Mm-hmm. I think I, I wouldn't you say like my, oh, yeah. my, like my dialogue went from really long to then concise because 
I, it's a modern noir. It's mm-hmm. not set back then and no one talks like that. But I still wanted that edge. So I had to find that dance of like yeah. that that kind of jivey, jabbing talk that that, you know, the knife fight with the words, but it's not really long, like mm-hmm. paragraphs and monologues that no one speaks in when you yeah. are talking to somebody. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was something that was a challenge and I had to keep in the forefront. I think you did a good job of that with um, by creating your characters, you know, because they're people that they've got that feel of that old school, you know, those characters that are in those noirs. Okay. But they're still believable in modern day. So it's not like you're putting this awkward dialogue onto these characters that wouldn't talk like that. Like they would talk like that. You know, you're just cutting out the extra fluff that we don't need for a modern thing. But you the know? essence is still exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Tessa. Yeah. Another so I had to I had to really go back though and uh my my one friend who is also working on a feature, he's like got to do that line carolina got to do that line i'm like okay and he's right you got to like i mean those writers who will just write without an outline they've spent years probably doing scripts with outlines that it's just ingrained mm-hmm. like they know the beats and um what does an outline look like um you know everyone has their own like the three acts i i like was looking at a bunch of different ones but um i think what at least I, i'm not going to give a whole lecture on that but what made me help figure out my story more definitively was figuring out um what happens in the end (laughs) the climax (laughs) and and that is you know that inciting incident that is where your protagonist um makes a change in action that they just can't come back from i i was struggling with that alone for a long <laughs> time as tessa knows yes. i'm like oh. yeah i don't want to ruin the noir but it's like <laughs> who killed it um so who it's, done it changed done many, it many times oh many 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 times because it like you know i'm i'm figuring out with my protagonist their journey because you want to know for your main protagonist if they're usually going on a physical emotional journey that journey is going to psychologically have an arc and that's something you want to think about and it's all the major characters surrounding that protagonist they have to link to that journey so it was like a big deal about who done it because it's going to really give the journey for that main character and and it was like is this authentic to that character and like i kept getting wrap up on all of those wonderful things that you got to think about um but also then what helped me then think about the psychological aspect of my character was figuring out the controlling idea which um i really love the way uh robert mcgee puts it in his book story which i highly recommend and helped me guide me through the outlining process um and he explains it uh that it is um it shouldn't be longer than a one sentence statement so there you go it must describe the climatic value charge of the entire story story either positively or negatively and then must be specific as possible about the change um in value of the change so i know that's like a lot to break down he breaks it down um then goes into it more depthly but i'll share my um my statement with you to as an example mm-hmm. so this is what kind of created 
think of it as the spine of your story, the controlling idea. And this is like kind of more of like almost the psychological spine mm -hmm. for my characters, for like the protagonist, but then all the surrounding characters. And that is uh, manipulation occurs when we have a false indication of who we are, but upon self-discovery, we are able to defy all outside forces. So that kind of gives me an arc with my character, but also sets some themes and tones and the positive and negative charge as well yeah. in the in the storytelling. And so that's why I was it kept me thinking about that climax moment. Mm -hmm. Like what is that negative positive charge going to show and do they is there are they defying the outside forces? Like what is happening? Yeah. So I feel like for me once I decided those elements, I was able to and write the the rest mm -hmm. of the thing <laughs> which is still in development but we got our proof of concept pretty nailed down tight yeah. now so um because i'm i have the bare bones of the outline done now and it's going to be a process like there's there's beat changes that i'm breaking down like you can really get it, everyone has a different way of doing it i don't know if i'm going to get super super detailed mm -hmm. with it like have it beat by beat but it does i mean for examining your writing to like i mean i think it depends what kind of like creative you are you know like I i'm a very analytical person so i like to break things down like scientifically you know what i mean so i think me personally writing out loud, i probably would put all those beats like organize all of that depends. not everybody yeah. thinks like that you know it does help check yourself like no positive negative change from plot you know, from the beginning of the, these two characters to the end of the scene. If there mm -hmm. was no change, then bye-bye. Robert McGee puts it perfectly. He says something like, if the scene is about what the scene is about, then it's shit. <laughs> like, then you're in deep shit. <laughs> yeah. So I always keep that in the back of my mind. Well, it's always, you know, it's always what's underneath. Whether you're talking about dialogue or the story as as a whole you know like that's what always makes it more interesting because otherwise it's just a slice of life you know it's just a not even a slice of life it's like a documentary which documentaries are totally interesting in their own way but like but documentaries it's a documentary. are about what it's about right exactly <laughs> versus like something dramatic yeah it's got to be about all the energy that's underneath of it all like what are these characters really thinking even though they're saying this and... he gives a perfect example i remember uh listen to this audiobook a couple times now <laughs> like you know it, you see a couple at the beginning of the scene they're having a lovely dinner they're sitting down the husband goes oh honey i i love you so much and she mm -hmm. turns to him she's like oh honey i love you too and they can begin to eat and they're the the dialogue's full of compliments and that's end of scene what it's like mm -hmm. like there's no tension there's no drive that is just what the everyday like mm -hmm. you know there's normally you know when you're writing something you want you know like maybe you know she that he just had an affair and there's yeah. like that underlining like tension you gotta ha be having that right. otherwise it's just kind of like no one no one wants to watch two couples who are in love mm -hmm. just well it's the thing is it. like yeah we want <laughs> things to be realistic but like we go to the movies to see stuff that that it's beyond what we're just experiencing exactly. in our everyday lives. Like we want to be entertained. We are like humans are drawn to drama, <laughs> you know, no matter how many, how much people say they don't want drama in their lives. It's interesting to see drama. That's exactly. why we go to the movies. Exactly. I know I've shared uh, on the show a couple, 
uh, these these writers and these resources before, but I'm going to go ahead yeah. and like reiterate them Absolutely. to you. And so, like I said, story by Robert McGee was amazing for outlining. Um, Save the Cat by Blake Snyder was also super, super helpful. Um, it's all about screenwriting. Break, he breaks down the genres beautifully, kind of helps you figure out your log line, which also was super important mm-hmm. to me redefining my process um you really like i feel like that was actually i think my first step too to be honest was like the log line Mm -hmm. and then i like did the world and stuff because um if without that it kind of you don't like what is your story about Mm -hmm. so that's super important and you know he goes on to then i think even how to really pitch and sell your script um and then i just really love Stephen King so (laughs) on writing his his book it's not geared towards screenwriting but I think just in general um the dedication of like you know he was super dedicated writes every day and I think I I always find that really important you know Mm -hmm. try to work on your craft like it's a job and that's something you care about and and then he's just brilliant so and he's been on both sides he's written novels and screenplays so exactly so I think super important to kind of help build your worlds and characters and um, he, he's just uh, brilliant. And then, um, my favorite, like, kind of blog post articles are, um, by writer Scott Myers. It's called Go Into the Story. And I think you can follow him on Instagram and pull up his, like, website that has Go Into the Story posts. But I found him through Medium and, um, I spoken to you guys about it on the show too mm-hmm. there's a uh it's a platform where writers can post their content and um and share you know there's different topics and genres that you can like kind of cater towards and so there's i actually follow i think a couple different writer blog posts mm-hmm. but scott myers is kind of my favorite because he really goes into screenwriting and um gives really great breakdowns and um so i i highly recommend that everyone kind of uh tunes into these peeps they they've they've helped me and and save the cat is like the classic screenwriting book like everybody talks about that book like you can't exist in hollywood <laughs> as a writer without having read that book like <laughs> yeah that is required reading <laughs> exactly so yeah, but, sure. yeah. Today. exactly order it on amazon put it on your kindle all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> um but i hope that helped you guys um if you're thinking about getting started writing if you are already writing and you're stuck whatever um and i hope like you guys actually go out and read some of these books if you are thinking oh, about they were writing. tremendously helpful like kind of if i could just share my process a little bit was like your your brain your like conscience is always working when um whether you think it is or isn't so like i would like kind of put it like i'd be working something at night get writer's block then go to bed and then the morning, you know, you have your morning shower and I'm still thinking about it. But then I'll put on like a podcast or read an, a more, an article in the morning from one of these guys. And um, it was like it helped just like kind of bring my thoughts together. Mm-hmm. I was doing the work in the morning and then it just like 
solidified those thoughts. So just like always be reading things, researching what works for other people, because mm-hmm. you'd be surprised. Like it, it helped me gather my thoughts at least. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, hopefully we'll have more news on our femme noir that we've been writing next time. We'll, yeah, see. we'll see. Uh, we can't wait for you guys to actually get to watch it, read the screenplay, whatever happens. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited for you guys to see We're that world. We're so excited. <laughs> but we will see you all next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to Femme Regard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in next time for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals over tea. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. If you leave us a great comment, we might give you a shout-out on the show. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 